Father, we thank you for this sweet fellowship tonight. And we, Lord, so enjoy one another. And we just thank you for each person here tonight. And bless every family. Bless their homes. Father, bless the their uh, their family, their immediate family, Lord God, that everybody connected to us, Jesus. We just give you the praise for it. And thank you for your good hand upon River Church and how you're blessing us and opening doors for us. And Lord, we're just grateful and thankful. And we thank you for a fruitful and productive fall season in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I thought I'd start off tonight. I don't know if any of y'all are into this magazine, Prime Lifestyle. <laughs> it just says it's a magazine for active, mature adults. But let's just say they're very mature. Because uh, one of the articles in here is, I can't wear my CPAP machine. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. That's one of the arguments. But anyway, there was a, some Coach Bear Bryant quotes in here. And uh, so I saw one here, and I want to read it to you. It says, uh, the old lessons, work, self-discipline, sacrifice, teamwork, fighting to achieve aren't being taught by many people other than football coaches these days. The football coach has a captive audience and can teach these lessons because the communication lines between himself and his players are more wide open than between kids and parents. We better teach these lessons or else the country's future population will be made up of a majority of crooks, drug addicts, or people on relief. I decided Coach Bryant was a prophet <laughs> because I'm like, hmm, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> we must not have been teaching those lessons of work, self-discipline, sacrifice, teamwork, fighting to achieve. And then here's um, uh, some Coach Vince Lombardi quotes. Um, there's several here that are uh, kind of good, but... Uh, he says, if it, if it doesn't matter who wins or loses, then why do they keep score? <laughs> and the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary. That's Coach Vince Lombardi. Okay, and so um, then uh, we have uh, in here some, I always enjoy these, the church bloopers. Uh, Susan Howell, children's ministry director, has this tip for new parents. Show your children that you care. Start off by learning their names. <laughs> uh, the church, they, they, uh, hallelujah. Must be a senior citizen thing, y'all are. <laughs> uh, I think I'll skip the rest of them. That was the funniest. That was the funniest one. And if you didn't laugh at that one, you're not going to laugh at the rest of them. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Um, um, here's another Vince Lombardi, and I want you to keep this one in uh, mind. Uh, individual commitment to a group effort. That is what makes a team work, a company work, a society work, a civilization work. And I would add to that a church work. Individual commitment to a group effort takes individuals that are committed. So tonight I want to talk about, just for a few minutes, we're not going to take long, but we'll have a little Bible study about the last day's call 
on our lives, that we have a call on our lives in these last days to seek the Lord. And we're going to turn to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou work cold or hot, so that then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not thou, knowest not that thou art wretched. Ah, come in. Hallelujah. Praise God. These are some of our good friends from Double Portion. Yeah. I'm going to get you to I'm going to get you to say hallelujah like you said it. <laughs> uh, we always get excited when you say that. Hallelujah. Do you want to tell us your names? Nice to have y'all tonight. We're just starting a Bible study. We had we had a uh, supper but now we're starting our Bible study. So, okay. Uh, and we're in Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. And I'm going to pick up there at verse 17. Well, let me pick up at verse 16. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. Because, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Verse 21, to him that overcometh, Will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I'm going to focus on verse 21 tonight, to him that overcometh. And then he tells us what the reward for that overcoming will be. And um, I don't know if you realize this, but there are eight times in the book of Revelation he says, he that overcometh, and then he gives a promise or a blessing that comes to us if we overcome. And so tonight what I really want to talk about is, because I don't know if we've ever just sat down and figured out, what is it that I'm supposed to overcome? If I'm going to get a blessing for overcoming, what do I need to overcome? So let's go over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. What am I supposed to overcome? And beginning in verse 1 of 2 Timothy 3. This also know, this know also, excuse me, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now we know for sure that we are in the last days. And the reason we know is not by just even looking out at society and seeing that things are bad. The reason we know is because 
on the day of uh, Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room, and uh, they were having a Holy Ghost party, hallelujah, Peter explained to them, and he said, they, they are not drunk as ye suppose, but this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, and so Peter said, this is that, this is that which Joel said would happen in the last days. The last days started on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. The last days started. So we've been in the last days for 2,000 years and well actually maybe a little over but right at 2,000 years and we've been on in the last days that long so we are in the last of the last days. We know that because of different prophetic scriptures about that one day is a thousand years and so forth and that this is a this is a seven day thing that God's going on here. So we're in the last of the last days. So we can say that in the last days, perilous times shall come. And then he tells us, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, with natural, with, without natural affection, truce bakers, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, Fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. So these are some of the things that he, Timothy, Paul told Timothy, these are coming in the last days. Jesus said, he that overcometh, he's going to have some rewards. And he said it eight times. We're not going to take the time to read every reward. But some of it is that he's going to give you a new name. He's going to give you. And all of those things, uh, um, we don't have to have time to go in tonight to what they mean and what they stand for. But uh, Jesus didn't, didn't say we would be able to offer up excuses when we got to heaven. He said, no, you've got to overcome. And His grace is sufficient for the day and for the hour that we live in. I was born in the 1950s. I have some remembrance of the 1950s. I have a bunch of remembrance of the 1960s. And let me just say, there were problems then, but it wasn't like it is today. I mean, it is definitely different. It is definitely uh, something going on. Uh, it's the last days. And over in 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, if you would turn there, and verse 3, it says, In every spirit, <clears throat> he starts off about believing not every spirit and so forth, but in verse 3, he says, And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. And I'm here tonight to tell you that, first of all, I'll say this, that the Antichrist is two things. It's both a person, a specific person, which that has not been revealed yet, but it's also a spirit. It's a, there's a spirit of Antichrist. And um, 
That's what Jesus has called us to overcome, is the spirit of Antichrist. We are here, and he said, to him that overcometh, I'm going to give you these rewards. One of the rewards is that you'll get to sit beside me on the throne. That's one of them in Revelation. Hallelujah. But the rewards are for those that overcome. And what we're called to overcome is the spirit of Antichrist. And the spirit of Antichrist is where those things that we just read about in Timothy, that in the last days, the perilous times that will come, where men and are disobedient, they're rebellious, they're traitors, they're high-minded, they're boasters, they're blasphemers. That is the spirit of Antichrist that has already gone out into the world. The word Antichrist, the, the first part, anti, you, we see that word in front of a lot of words, anti, and it means against, instead of, opposed to, or substituting. And the word Christ, we know, of course, means anointed or anointing. So anything that is instead of, that is opposed to the anointing, that is opposed to Christ, that is working against Christ, working against the anointing, that is the spirit of Antichrist. And the spirit of Antichrist has not only increased in my life, in my generation, but it is increasing and it is uh, increasing rapidly now at this point. The spirit of Antichrist has already gone out into the world. Every generation has had to deal with the spirit of Antichrist. Every generation has been called to overcome the spirit of Antichrist. But we are that last generation, and there is, uh, we're, we're called to overcome the, inner, the, the spirit of Antichrist, but there is grace on us to do it. We have more grace than generations before us had. Not only do we have more grace, we have more understanding of the Word of God. There's more revelation of the Word being released. I can tell you, there wasn't that much. Even I read the old timers. I read about William Branham and and the and Catherine Kuhlman and the those that were in the healing revival of the the 1940s through the 1950s and even then to the charismatic renewal and pastor and I came in and got baptized in the Holy Ghost in the end of the charismatic renewal let me tell you if you don't know it there is more revelation of the Word of God today than there was then so we have we have to whom much is required much is given hallelujah and so we are required in our generation to overcome much. But we've been given much to overcome with. We've been empowered by the Holy Ghost to do it. So that we literally, when we stand before God and He says, you didn't overcome or you did overcome, we will be without excuse because it is there. It is there and it is available to us to use. In the last days, the Bible says there's going to be a falling away from the things of God. We see that falling away every day. My word, we've been in Tuscaloosa 20 years. There's been a falling away as far as church people go just in the last 20 years. Church people aren't like they used to be. We are one of few churches that have more than one service a week. 
Most churches now are to one service a week. And, and uh, uh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it. That's not overcoming. And you cannot get what you need to overcome feeding on the Word of God one cold snack a week. Brother Hagin used to say, one, get one cold snack every week and, and you aren't going to be on fire for God. It's not been but about a month ago I asked the Holy Ghost, because we're always praying in this church for fire, that we want to be on fire. We want to be hot. We want to be passionate. We want to be full of zeal. So we pray along those lines. And I said, Lord... Because I said, what is it going to take for me to be more on fire than I am right now? And it shocked me what he said. I guess I thought he would say, Debbie, you need to read your Bible more. Or Debbie, you need to pray more. I thought that's what he would say. And he said, no, Debbie, that's not what he said. He said, you need to gather with the saints more. You need to be in church more. The more you are in the presence of God and, the two or, and, and where two or more are there in my name, he said, the more on fire you'll be. And I can tell you for sure, I thought about that ever since. And I've looked out there at the Sunday morning onlyers, and I said, I don't know one that's on fire. And I'm not being critical here. It's just that we've let antichrist spirit pull us away from the things of God. And that is exactly why it's pulling us away. It's the, the antichrist spirit is trying to dumb us down, get us to be nominal, get us to just, you know, touch base once a week for an hour. Um, he does that with... Uh, uh, he lies. He lies to us. He gives us thoughts that uh, he gives us more distractions. And that Antichrist spirit is increasing. And people are, uh, they're, uh, Michael's mom, of course, is in Seagraves, Texas, First Baptist Church. And they had revival this week. And she, she was upset because she said there wasn't anybody there Sunday morning. And, uh, uh, for their revival, you know, that means special speaker and a special song leader, and that's how you translate that. For And she was upset about that. But she said, of course, we just, there's not anybody anymore. And Michael said, Mom, it's not just Jaws Church. Of course, that's all they know is that church. He said, it's all over the United States of America. People are laying out a church. My word, even the Catholics have got... Uh, Lou Holtz on there saying, Catholics, come back to church. I mean, we're trying everything. We're trying football coaches and everything. We're even trying. We got a football coach up here trying <laughs> on our billboard that's above the church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody suggested we put out an advertisement that said, come see Coach Saban at church. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there he is up there on the billboard right above the church uh, uh, no hallelujah so um, so do you because I don't know about you because I'm going to be honest I, I, for the last five years it's been a struggle to me for me to stay on fire I have struggled I mean and I'm, I'm in my I'm reading my Bible every day but I have struggled to 
to what I, where it used to be easy. It's like, and I'm like, God, what is this? It's that antichrist spirit. Now, antichrist spirit, let me tell you, is trying to pull you away from your Bible, trying to pull you away from praising and worshiping, trying to pull you away from the church family where you're going to be on fire. You know, one time I heard uh, after the Lord told me gathering with the saints is what it would take for me to be more on fire than I am now. You know what? I remembered something Mark Barkley said. Mark Barkley, and he's a minister from Midland, Michigan, and he ministers at the minister's meetings at uh, Brother Copeland's meeting and so forth. I mean, he's pretty well known. You may not have heard of him, but he is pretty well known. Anyway, Mark Barkley, no, it wasn't Mark Barkley. I told, all, I told you all about him to tell you that, but it wasn't him. It was Rodney Howard Brown. Uh, Rodney Howard Brown said the reason his anointing, he's got his anointing stays strong is because he's in church all the time. He's in church. He's preaching the word all the time. And instead of figuring out how we can have less church, and I just, I'm not going to, I'm not, I couldn't tell you this for sure, but it's like I have felt like this has happened more than once, that even in this church, there's been this thought go through some people's minds of, I wish we were like the other churches who only who didn't have a midweek service, only had Sunday morning. Let me tell you, if you've had that thought, or even as some, we know, we meet with ministers and some of them have had the thought of, why should I even do this? Because people at my church really aren't coming. If you've had that thought, it is antichrist. It is the antichrist spirit that's gone out into the world trying to drag you away, trying to get you out of praying, out of seeking God, out of being on fire. Hallelujah. We are going to have to rise up and overcome this antichrist spirit. If we're the only one church in town, us and double portion, if we're the only two churches in town that rise up and overcome this antichrist spirit that is trying to make us nominal, weak, having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof, we have to rise up. We have to be overcomers. But let me tell you, there is a reward for overcoming. There are eight rewards in the book of Revelation. You get your Bible out tonight and look up the word overcometh because that's what it is in the King James. It's not overcomer or overcome. It's overcometh. You look up the word overcometh eight times in Revelation, in the book of Revelation. To him that overcometh will I. And he gives us a promise. Um, I thought as I was meditating on this, I've been meditating on this for several weeks. As I was meditating on this, I remembered uh, something Coach Saban always says. Hallelujah. He says to his players, we got to play for 60 minutes. And that's what the church has got to start. We got to play for the whole 60 minutes. We got to play till that trump sounds. We got to, that's how long we have to overcome till that trump sounds. 
We've got to rise up when we don't want to, rise up when we don't feel like it, rise up when we're not on fire so that we can get on fire. We've got to, we've got to rise up and just say, I'm not going to succumb to the spirit of Antichrist because I will overcome. And I will receive the reward. We got to play for the whole 60 minutes. Now, I've watched football enough, and I'm no football expert, but I have seen this many times just in my short football-watching career, and that's when teams think they got it. And they let up. And they can be three touchdowns ahead. (laughs) And here's some little wimpy team that doesn't have near all the stuff. You know. Some coach got in trouble this week for not watching the clock and something, I don't know. I said, well, in Alabama, we probably have a coach that that's all he does is just look at the clock, you know. And they need to just hire somebody to watch the clock. But in my career, I have watched it over and over happen where they think they got it. They nearly even start to celebrate. You can see signs of celebration. And they think they got it, and they quit rising up, overcoming. You know, we can think we've got it and that we won't backslide, but let me tell you, you will. If you don't every day get up and say, I'm going to overcome this spirit of Antichrist that's been working against me, against my mind, you know why you don't feel like you want to read your Bible? It's not because you're a bad person. It's there's a spirit working against you. It's called a devil. And you need to deal with it just like you would if if a spirit, a demon spirit tried to talk you into sinning. Deal with that spirit that says, you don't need to go to church. It won't hurt for you to miss another time. You, You know, you don't have to read your Bible. You don't have to pray. That is a spirit. It's a demon. And if some of you know, some of you've been blaming yourself, and oh, I'm such a horrible Christian, and I'm just, you know, I thought with, oh, and you just wrestle with yourself, but that is a demon spirit, and it is the spirit of Antichrist. And the spirit of Antichrist has been sent against you to stop you in your race, stop you from finishing your destiny and winning this race and being that overcomer. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2, and I'm winding up. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2. It says, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? We better quit neglecting and start overcoming and winning this thing. It's going to take, it's going to take it for, for Tuscaloosa. Hallelujah. And for your lives and for your family. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. In the New King James Version, it says, uh, From now on, let us live no longer for ourselves 
but live for him. There is a big temptation out there. We read it in Second Timothy to live for yourself in these last days. But it's not going to take less in the last days to get the job done. It's not going to take less than people in the 50s and 60s were going to church three times a week. Our kids were going to church three times a week, if not more sometimes. It's not going to take less in the last days. It's going to take more. You say, well, why are all these churches that have so many people? They just don't have hardly anything going on. They have, you know, Sunday morning, they have their life groups or whatever throughout the week. Yeah. One of our friends in Texas was in our church, got to visit with her a while at the funeral. She actually is the secretary. She didn't go to First Baptist Church, but she's the secretary because, you know, the Baptists want to hire somebody that doesn't go to their church. And so she's their secretary, but she was a member of our church. And so she was telling us about her daughter in uh, Dallas who goes to Gateway. And we all are familiar with Gateway. And she said, but Miss Debbie, I don't understand. She says their idea of a life group is to meet at a wine bar. Yeah. And she said, yeah. And she said, they will have a life group at somebody's home. And her daughter's there and, you know. And she said, and they will have about three scriptures, two or three scriptures they'll read, and then they'll just start visiting and get their wine and their snacks. And I'm telling you folks, that's the spirit of Antichrist. That is the spirit of Antichrist. And you say, well, that's not happening everywhere. Well, I read sometimes this lady, in because uh, it comes up on Facebook, this lady who in San Antonio, her blog, and she was an A&M grad and her husband, and, and so they started a church about a year ago. And they call it something-something community church. I can't even remember what. And um, they, uh, so she had a little invitation, and it was to their ladies' meeting. They were going to have a ladies' meeting tonight. They're having a ladies' meeting tonight as we speak. And it said, uh, you know, come to our ladies' meeting. And it said, uh, light refreshments and wine and Bible study. I don't think they're talking about communion, folks. I just don't think that's what they were talking about. Now, I'm not saying you're going to go to hell if you drink wine. But when it comes to what well, that's what the church is doing Something is not, not is something's not right, and this is happening all over. We've got to overcome. We've got to rise up and put on the power of God and the authority of God that He has given us, and we've got to rise up and we've got to. If we can't overcome that, the sink ran over at home. And how are we going? We can't go to church tonight because the sink ran over. Well, I don't know what y'all do about y'all's, but we just walk off and leave ours. And then we worry about it when we get home. Uh, if we can't overcome that, how will we ever overcome cancer or something that would try to attack our lives? Let me tell you, it won't happen. You, if you want to be a strong Christian, you've got to be in the presence of other Christians. And we have to build each other and grow each other and lean on each other's strength. And hallelujah.
Praise God. Well, you might think I'm preaching to the saints, but I'm telling you the spirit of Antichrist worked against all of us to try to make us feel, oh, Lord, I just don't, I just read my Bible. I didn't get any, I just don't want to. Well, if you hadn't had that feeling more than once in the last six months, then come lay hands on me. If you hadn't had the I don't want to's, I don't feel like it's, hallelujah. Let's pray tonight. Father, thank you that you've equipped us with everything we need to be overcomers. And Lord, we truly are without excuse. We've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. We have your power. We have your, oh, hallelujah, we have your armor. We have all the gifts of the Spirit that are at our beck and call. And Father, we ask, we repent. We repent for being nominal. We repent, Lord, for being backslid. We repent, Lord, for being half-baked, lukewarm, and sometimes even cold. We repent for not taking care of each other, not praying for each other, thinking only about ourselves, and not lifting other people up in this congregation who are going through a trial. And Lord, most of all, we repent for not using our faith and settling for just what the world passes out. And Lord, we rise up in faith because that's what it's going to take to overcome. Forgive us for not praying in the Holy Ghost. Forgive us for being self-centered, critical, judgmental. Lord, And we take hold of what you've called us to do. Thank you, Lord. Help us to overcome, Lord. Starting tonight. Lord, help us get back to family prayer, church prayer, that we are the kind that pray without ceasing. Lord, forgive us that we've leaked out most of the Holy Ghost we had. And Lord, we ask for fresh fillings of the Holy Ghost. We ask these things in Jesus' name.